Blog Talk Radio. Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I'm your host. And it's been a little while since I did a show. And you know, I don't know why. Oh, I know why. Yeah, I had like a, a little surgery I had to do, a minor one. Um, so uh, anyway, I got all distracted and with my little grandson, who's adorable. And I'm gonna have Jacqueline's gonna call in, and uh, she is my my partner in crime here. Uh, anyway, here we go. I put a post in Leaving AA and Deprogramming AA because people have been posting the last couple of weeks. Uh, it, it seems like a flurry of people come, but um, what it really is about is if you've invested everything into Alcoholics Anonymous and now you've left or you're leaving, uh you know, all your friends are in there, or you think your friends are in there. I mean, some of them actually can be friends. Uh, I have people I'm still friends with, and I left, um, you know, uh, what is it now? Ten years ago. Wow, I left ten years ago. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, it. Uh, at first it was very euphoric. I'm waiting for Jacqueline to call in. I'm sure she'll call in any second. And uh, Jacqueline's a lot younger than I am. And she has her own very personal story. But um, I had invested, you know, it was in there 36 years. Did I invest all those years? Um, No. When I had children, I was smart enough to really pull back and not go to meetings. Uh, Maybe then I found a group, you know, I don't think, well, maybe this part of the story is that my deprogramming was how I pulled back when I had children, when I had my first baby, and I think I was like 15 or 17 years sober. I don't know what it was. But, I mean, I remained sober all those years and very brainwashed partially in some areas. And then once I had a child, there were a lot of things I did not believe and had began to have good therapy. So I really uh, began to look at the ideology and the way we communicate and the, how, the terrible way they teach you to communicate in Alcoholics Anonymous where everything is about I, 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 which makes you really self-absorbed and um yeah self absorbed and self obsessed and a word that i can't stand narcissistic is what you could become but that's that, some of these words today are so overused that i'm going to stick with self absorbed and um 
self-centered to an extreme. Um, if you always go back to the I, which is training that AA does very subtly or not so subtly, right? Then it's not so subtle. That's the way they do it. And uh, so anyway, yeah, I, you know, I apologize, guys. I have really wanted to do podcast where you could see me. And I brought a little camera and I got a mic, and I just have not put it together of a space where a place in my home where I feel comfortable doing it. And uh, so anyway, I, I do hope that I get to do that in this year. <laughs> in this year. So what do you do? You know, you leave. Do you, do you tell people that you were leaving? Do people know that you left? Do they know why um, why you left, why you're leaving? And so here's a couple of things that people taught me that are really good tips. Most of us had friends from our childhood that were good friends. You know, they were they were your real friends. And to reach back into that and call, um, you know, uh, call those friends and say hi and how are you and you know, um, I'm not I'm not going to those meetings and I realized I kind of I mean I did this with some people that you know I really neglected our friendship and now honestly I live. I live in L.A. when I did this. I grew up in New York City. I finished growing up in Hawaii, and I had some normal friends in Hawaii. I had many stepper friends there. And then I had a lot of acting uh, buddies when I studied acting and pursued all that here. And then I had my mommy and me friends who were not steppers. They weren't in AA. So you have that normalcy. And um, so the first thing I would say is you go back to your child hood go back to there and see if there's friends and reach out to them through facebook or social media or just pick up the phone right back then uh, facebook was not a part of my life until i made the film or released it maybe like 2000 whatever four five years ago um the next thing that people have shared with me what they did is you, you get you develop hobbies like and so dig into you know what you love and if that's working with horses or let me bring jacqueline on Hey, hey, Jacqueline. Hey. Hey, you're there. How you doing? I'm here. Well, I'm enjoying myself. I'm in San Diego. I just fed some ducks bread Yay. out of the balcony of our apartment. It's a really good time. <laughs> oh, that is so cute. I'm so glad you could join me for this quick show. So I was in the middle of just uh, just talking about some of the tips that people would share with me and other people when they left, right? And, and I'm just going to finish that one train of thought, and then we'll, you know, we'll chat. Okay. So part of it was that if you had um, any hobbies you were interested to, um, you know, take a class, or if you were into Krav, you know, or you want to take self-defense, um, if you were into like feeding the homeless, or uh, like if if you really loved service, uh, gosh, you can be of service like at a hospital or. Or, or the Red Cross, or or anywhere, right? And that so look at your life and, and you know start to do that again. And one of the things that I was was a swimmer and a basketball player, and um, so I began to swim laps again. And but that is kind of a solo thing. Uh, and so what were some of the things, Jacqueline? That um, I mean, I kind of gave a background of you know when I left my situation, right? Because I grew up in New York City and I had old friends there and I had my stepper friends and normal friends in Hawaii and then I had a mixture here of stepper friends and then when I was pursuing acting and music I had normal friends who were not steppers so uh, what did you want to tell what you did and you know how you've addressed leaving yeah I mean I moved around a lot growing up so that allowed me to be able to enter new situations 
calmly. I, I guess over time I was broke. I, I, I got broken into being able to just kind of like walk into a room and be like, what's up, you know? But right. I know that that's not easy for a lot of people that are coming out of AA because their friend circle has been pretty much built around the concept of a 12-step program. And, 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 and a lot of the 12-step program pretty much tells you like to stay away from it. It's, in, it's, it's implied to stay away from outsiders. So basically build a strong community within AA. So as you're breaking out of it, like, whoa, how do you go? How do you socialize? Like, how do you make friends? Because oftentimes when we do get, when people do get sober or get into recovery or whatever, when they get out of AA, basically, I mean, you know, I, I would imagine it's not at an age when we're still in high school, which is where a lot of people build their friend base. So it's right, kind of right. like asking the same question about how do you make friends even it's the same question, even if you weren't in AA, like how, how do we make friends? So for me, the process after I left AA was an introverted one. I got really into painting. You said swimming's a solo process. I say what's wrong with enjoying being solo most of the time. Everybody has mm-hmm. a different level of how much they want to engage with others socially. Right. Not everybody really wants to be a social butterfly. And there's really yep. nothing wrong with that. Our society says, that you have to check off this and this and this many social engagements to be what, you know? So maybe there's loners out there that just don't really need that kind of social outlet. But for me, I found it like, like through college, I had my, my friend base that was not affiliated with AA at all. And then out of college, you know, I, Mm, I kind of, that's a good, yeah, good pool of people from your college. Did you go to college when you were still going to meetings, or did you go to college when you left? No, I mean, I was a late college girl, so I was like 26 when I went to college. I got, I went to college after I had kind of left the wildlife that I was living, but even yeah. still, my friend base isn't from the, the university system, so I kind of, to be honest with you, I found that I'm the kind of person that's totally comfortable being completely alone. And I yeah yeah I'm uh, kind of like a good long turner, but you're so uh, outgoing. Like I really, I can't believe we still haven't met in person yet. This is crazy. We must change this soon. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? You really triggered something that I want to talk about. Um, So I I remember going to Culver City. Culver City was so quiet for so many years, and then it went through this huge restaurant. You know, it it went through this uh, whatever great transition, and had cool places to go and. Um, I remember walking alone and with my oldest son downtown when I would see young people in their 20s or something uh, with about six people or eight people at the table, and they would be having they would be at happy hour or something like that, and I started to cry, and um, and I realized what I had missed, and it was really painful as much as the euphoria that I experienced leaving, um, and the freedom I felt. I also experienced a tremendous amount of like loss or the, what I realized what I had given up and what I had given away. And I think nobody knows really this except people who have um, been in a cult as long as I was and um, yeah. invested that much in my, the ideology. However, I am really thinking about using like plant-based medicine to heal um, you know, some of that real trauma that I feel from what, a, what happened in there and in the leaving process of what what I went through. And so there were times, Jacqueline, that I would feel so, and it wasn't like envious, or maybe it was like a little bit, but just like, wow, like you really like missed a lot of that. And I had a lot of social stuff with the AA people when I was young. We like we created like young people's dances and young people basketball and young, and this was not when 
But it was young all people centered didn't... around like a cult. So as you leave the cult, you're like, wait. So all my social experiences in my 20s were centered around a cult. And now as I leave the cult, <laughs> I'm, I'm a passerby watching all these people enjoy their lives. And I'm wondering, like, what did I miss out on? Like, really? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I don't know. That, yeah. That's a deep question. And I think the answer is going to vary from person to person. You know, like there's some, like, I, I, I feel like I've always been a people watcher. And I think a lot of people that are in, that find themselves in AA and then find themselves out of it also. Because, like, I've, I've always noticed in the story, it's like a lot of times when people tell their story, they, like, they, 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 they acknowledge that they've always felt like an outsider, right? So yeah. somehow it's like almost like AA room, like, is, is or like the rooms of AA or like the experience of AA is a is like the Pied Piper that leads a lot of like socially not inept but socially sort of shy or people who who don't feel like they're gonna like jump in there like you know it, it's like it's those those that's what that that's where the that's where the cult draws people in. So that they, mm-hmm. it's like Misfit Toy Island. So they have a social venue no matter what. <laughs> leaving it, you know, leaving it, I think it's okay. for, And I think right. it's, it's true for a lot of people that I've met that have left personally. It's like, what if it is just that? Like, even though we look at, like, like for me myself, because I've done the same thing. Like, I've walked by and been like, wow, look at all these people just being normal and, like, having a good time. Like, I, yeah. I, I did miss that, you know. And then I look at it mm. and I go, like, but did I really want to be there? Like, did I really, though? I would have rather been in my room painting or writing something or, mm. you know, working on something or, or exercising independently. Like, I was never in a team sport. So I guess I feel like I, I, when I walk by and I see those kinds of things going on, and I, I've, I've felt green envy over it, and I, I just don't. But when I really sit down with myself and I look at what kind of person I am and what I really enjoy, most of those things are independent pursuits that maybe involve a family or a one close friend. That's all I really need, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think true connection, um, you know, I, I was sort of, I didn't need a big group. When I was first a mother, I just needed one great mother with another baby. Like I went to Mommy and Me, and I didn't need a ton of women. You just need one or two um, of really great moms that have babies like your age to you know, enjoy that. I mean, that was really wonderful when I, I met some women in the park in Culver City that I hung out with, and, you know, many of them moved out of here. But one of the things um, that I thought of, like, as you were talking, too, is was being in the in-between. So, you know, in-between, yeah. I think, you know, it was, was it called Stranger Things, but no drinking versus drinking. I left AA. I still hadn't drank anything, and a year had passed, and a year and a month, and, I, you know, I just clearly taste something. And I remember feeling not a part of either world, so I was no longer a part of AA, yet I felt really odd at events and parties I went to with my husband. And there were some big events we went to. I think there was the Emmys, and it was at the you know governor's ball. And it was then that I felt really, really odd with these two women chubbing these glasses of wine. And I remember them walking away from me, and I had water, and I thought, wait a minute. like, I, And I said, you don't understand. You don't know. And and it is some sort of special connection and elixir that they're having right now with that alcohol. And I had I had played that game really well when I was in AA and could talk and laugh and feel appropriate and feel like I wasn't judging and and feel like I could you know laugh. And but the truth is, once I left it, um, I felt really odd. And so when I finally did have a drink. Um, it was really freeing and very liberating. And, I, you know, I don't want to recommend yeah. that people 
they, they don't want to do it or they had like serious like 20 30 years of hardcore ad- addictive drinking to to do it but i uh, but somebody like me who drank for only four and a half fucking years like and then didn't drink for 36 i'm sure i, I was going to be fine and i knew i was going to be fine i, I didn't have no fear but uh, what i'm telling you is that in between part really sucked and it went on for um a, a number of months and that's when i said uh, well, I actually drank something by accident, and then I said to my husband, I'm going to go over there and have a full-on drink, like one, and then I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. And, and, and you know what is weird? Because it feels, like, it feels like there's like some kind of like invisible, observant like parent standing over your shoulder, and you're like, wait a minute. Like I'm like, I'm a 30-year-old woman right now. I'm going to finish my yeah. drink, and like right. there's nobody from AA is going to see me. Like, so it, it is, it's almost like being in that weird junior high awkward phase where like you're allowed to go to the mall yeah, with 20 yeah, yeah. bucks, oh, yeah. but you don't really know like what, you know, and you know that you're not supposed to do some stuff. So you're kind of just like sort of, it, it literally is like being part of the awkward, leaving AA and then experiencing social situations with alcohol involved, whether you, whether you decide that you leave AA and then, cause there's a lot of people who leave AA and they, they decide not to partake in alcohol anymore. Right, and right. that's, Cool right. too. And then there's people who leave AA and they become moderate consumers. And then there's people who leave AA that are still full-fledged drink- drinkers, but they just know that like they've spent 10 years in AA trying to do it. And they know that they're not yeah. in- incapable of being honest with themselves. And that they know that they're not whatever it says that they, you are, if you can't, you don't get it. So there's like three different types of people I feel. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think there might even be more. What about the guy who was like in and out for 30 years, like he could never, you know, string again, you know, more than 30 days. And there's some people that have been in a group that are talking about those people. They said like they couldn't stay sober, you know, AA sober all the years. And then they finally leave and then they quit and they were so relieved and they want to stay abstinent. And I like I want to support that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I knew guys. I knew people. They called them the retreads, like, like the endless retread, and that's so unfair too. Because those people, I mean, actually, I don't even want to go down that road. I would maybe go back, circle back to this whole thing, of like, all right, uh, you know, you most of your friends were in there, and you did all this socializing. Now you were obviously so interested in some artistic endeavors. Is that what you did? Did you take a painting class? Or, well, yeah, you know? no. I mean, when I when I first got sober, like I I went to like a place, and then they were like, you have to stay here for 28 days, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do any socializing. For me, it was a huge break because I'd been working my whole life, and like for for me to tell my family I needed to take a break to go to a place was a big deal. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely I took full advantage of that that big. It, it felt to me like a vacation, and then I realized that some of the people that were in rehabs and institutions were having a perpetual vacation, and I was like, wait a minute, but a vacation like of the mind is only supposed to go on for so long, and then you have to get back to reality and like handle business. So I I did right. independent pursuits in the beginning, and then even after I got out of the program well I actually went to college after that mm. so college opened up doors social doors for me so if I imagine what it would have been like to leave AA and then not go on to college where I had but I didn't really make a lot of friends in college to be honest with you. my 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 ideas weren't really with the college so I didn't have the best of times and I was also an older student you know like I mean not older but I was a 26 year old I was 28 when I graduated from the bachelor's degree education system. So I was definitely older than a lot of my peers. So I I wasn't going to go to like the football party. Like that wasn't happening, but I did, I did have social experiences, but what I really had to get comfortable with, I, I think for myself anyway, and was being with myself, you know, I'm not really a, a, like, and also I feel like I know that I can join any kind of 
volunteer organization. So like as people are getting out of AA, I guess, what, what would I say? Cause my experience was what it was. Every experience really is individualized, but I would say like, know yourself, like let, cause, because people don't really get to know themselves when they're in a program that tells them what to think all the time. So one of the, right. the most important things I think is to get to know who you really, cause the program tells you what you're supposed to want, what you're supposed to do. And then your sponsor tells you what you're supposed to want and do. And then I think as you leave, it's time to sit down and go, what do I want? What do I want to mm-hmm. do? How do I want to live? Right. And if that means like kicking back by yourself, and being a people watcher or an observer, cool, own it. And the world might think that that's weird, but the world thinks a lot of stuff is weird. And if being by yourself truly gives you a lot of pleasure and you feel confident and comfortable being by yourself, who who is anyone to say that that's not good enough, I think? Right, right. I remember studying at the Groundlings uh, when I got here, and I had wanted to be an actor and a singer, and at that time, it wasn't cool to be in recovery, right, to be in AA. It's the 80s, yeah, definitely. 80s, 85, 86. And I really had a problem because I didn't go to the bar after class with them to go to the bar. And then people made connections at the bar of who they would wind up partnering with to do scene skits with. And it really fucked, it really fucked me. Like, and you weren't able like, to make those connections because you weren't able to right. go to the bar to well, Although in AA it does say, like, you, you can go to the party and have – but, yeah, it's not fun. Like, because if you're ordering the, the Perrier, is that how you call it, like the sparkle water, if you're ordering that and everybody else is having a shot, yes. you're still not really part of the club socially. And it, right. and it can affect, like, your career as an actress yeah. or your career in anything. Like, so there is a social element of bonding over drinks that our society does. And, it's true. you know, and so I would say, like – I think people should should be should just like as you leave the program take a take a moment to think about who you are, what you want out of life and who you and, and what's up, what are you really all about? And then by and, and then through that self-reflection, you'll know what your next step is. So if that means that you need to join like a social organization where you go through your church or you help the homeless or you do this or you do that or you want to go get get back into acting and have a shot at the bar with everybody because mm-hmm. you know it's going to not only help your career but also it sounds fun then just do whatever wherever you're led because you were led to not you but these these people they, they were led to AA so it's obvious that we're capable of being led to social environment so just change the whole game and just go where your heart takes you basically Right, right. I think um, was it Hank Hayes wrote a book, You've Been Lied To, uh, and he left after 17 years. And he wrote in his book about who you were, like look at who you were as a child and what were the things that you loved. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was easy for me. It was sports. It was music. It was painting, um, playing the piano. Um, but, I, yeah, I think that we all have stuff that we could do that um, would bring us, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I think for me, it's kind of weird. Social because... sphere. So, like, as you pursue your, your interests again, because when AA yeah. absorbs your entire world, then you actually lose pursuit of what your independent interests were, right? So mm-hmm. as you then again explore your independent interests, they ultimately lead you to social avenues. That's right. It's so true. And I was saying to Kevin like um we t- oh he c- I finally came swimming with me to a pool and uh today we were talking about like I said man what what would have been my life like my trajectory if I hadn't been you know the um wilder 
you know, teenager that I was, and I wasn't really that well, whatever. <laughs> and I mean, I played basketball and I won awards like really young, and I was really I had medals. And I swam like an adult when I was five years old, and I just thought, wow, what if I would have gone to college? Like it was the same like that whole time travel thing that I'm going through with like COVID. Like, can I just like go into a time machine and go back in time? And I'm gonna, I think I want to do something creative with this like obsession that I have with it that I don't want to live during now during this time what's gone on in our country and what's going on now and I don't want to be here like I kept saying I don't want to be here anymore I don't want to be here now in this time in this place with the way the world is and and I thought about you know you can't change it what I did but imagine how the my life would have been and I we have a friend who's super successful and he said you know, he doesn't go through the any of those things that I feel. Like he, he says, I, I don't ever, I don't have regrets. And I was like, Yeah, I do. <laughs> like you mean like regret? Like what would my life have been if I didn't join AA? Like if the, like when that guy was an asshole to me when I was like really new and and cock blocked, you know, Tom Catton, uh, I should have said, You guys are fucked up. I'm out of here. You guys are worse than anything. I've, I didn't have friends like this mm-hmm. in Inwood. You're not. You guys are weird. I don't know what you are, but. I'm going to walk away. And I was already quit. I quit on my own. Like in how – I would have gone back to college. But, you know, I just we just don't know, right, because that – it's not the butterfly effect. Did you ever see that movie? And you don't really know because Kutcher? what if you went to college? Like just what if, right? Because I was a competitive track runner myself yeah. in high school. And, by the way, I joined track and field to get out of PE because I knew that they had this thing where you could throw like a rock, basically. It's called shot put. I know that now. Okay. And so I, I heard yeah, a rumor – I heard a rumor that you could get out of PE by joining this thing where you throw a rock. And I was like, cool, I'll throw the rock. Just don't make me run that mile again ever, right? <laughs> and, like, I'll, I'll even jump over that fence thing because you just stand in a line and then you jump over, like, what's it called? I don't know. So I, I joined track and field to get out of running, believe it or not, and to get out of well, PE. And then you know what I ended yeah. up finding myself on? Varsity track well, team as a freshman, as a sprinter. Yeah. And I was like, how did this even happen? So it's almost like there's no reason to have any regrets about the years wasted, the years lost. Like every day that we get to be alive and experience new things is a day to be appreciated. I do believe everything happens from, for, for a reason, you know. I mean, I know that sounds like corny, but yeah, no, I, I don't. just I do. Don't. Yeah, that's not my thing. But, I, you know, I can no. respect that you feel that way. I, I don't. No, I don't at yeah, all. I, I think that's really. And, and even if it doesn't, yeah. I appreciate the journey then. It's like this is what my journey was, so he, here's where right. I'm at. Now, could I have been a, a a track star? Yeah. Could I have gotten college done faster? Sure. Had I not wasted a decade of my life messing around with lame dudes in AA, might I have gotten married younger? Maybe. Might I have had children younger as I had planned? Sure. Might I have gotten a master's degree right now instead of just being 31 years old with a bachelor's degree in English? Can't do much with that. Sure. I mean, a lot of things. But at the end of the day, like, I'm just, I'm grateful that I'm no longer a part of a cult. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I get to yeah. mm-hmm. make choices for myself now without having to call somebody to ask them if it's okay. Yeah, and I I think it's you know really a good point because like the flip side of how I felt um, when I wasn't you know when when I wasn't hip right when I was at the Groundlings and I was was not a drinker I was in in, in AA right and then now I would be a hip person because I was sober right like that's the flip side of it and that the scariest part is as I went down the road as a filmmaker or first time filmmaker I found them everywhere 
and they really annoyed me. I was like, like I was in one class. I was in a class at UCLA to learn how to documentary filmmaking, and it was like maybe 12 or 12 people in the whole class. It was great. It was really small, and there was not one step. You could tell, like, there wasn't one stepper in the group, um, or they were very hidden, and I was very relieved. I was like, oh, my God, like, there's nobody here that's in 12-step. You could tell by the way people talked, and, yeah. uh, that, you know, then I went to, like, you know, this thing at USC, and then I ran into it. A woman that I knew, and I was like, oh, my God, they're fucking everywhere, these people. And AA had kept growing, so they were even, – even where I went, where I didn't want to find them, they were there. And I was like, no, I'm not in recovery. Like, no. I just, yeah, they're like just super religious people that, like, knock on your door almost. They're always like – and by the way, when you find one, like like what you're talking about – and, like, you're in, like, a film circle, whatever kind of circle that you're in, yeah. they always kind of find a way to let you know that that's yeah. what they're in. And then you're like, oh, my God, like, is this person going to pound me? Like, drink some water. Drink water while everybody's having a drink, and they'll find you, and then you'll find out who they are. <laughs> I just thought of that. From my, instead of having a is drink, right? have water. <laughs> drink water. Drink Drink water. Are you oh okay? my God! It's like have, they're always fall- and actually, oftentimes they're the predators. So it's really weird to be in a situation where you're like, "Whoa!" Like I'm out of it now. And then I, that was the weirdest thing for me is when I when I left AA, and then I would occasionally spot someone who would start saying all the cliches, yeah. right? And then I'd be like, "Oh, you're one of them." <laughs> and what did they say? You know. And they're just, they're babysitting people even if they haven't had a drink yet. They're like, um, how is your boundaries going? And you're like, dude, who are you? Like, what are you talking about? You know? know We're we're, we're running out of time. And uh, you know what? We could still go and finish up, like, in a more appropriate way than going click goodbye. Nice calling in. Now, people can't hear us anymore. No, but what I've learned is that it will continue, and then later if they can hear it. So we'll wrap it up with, uh, what would you, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, why would you ask me a question? Because I think you were going to ask me a question. Um, well, I know that you're married now, and you have um, a beautiful little boy. Uh, have you found circles of, you know, other moms that are normal moms that you like to hang? Well, you know what? That's a stupid question because of COVID. So I'm going to take it back. Right. Uh, you know, know, like, so, so here, let me yeah. answer that. Like, I mean, can I answer? I can't really answer that. So, uh, I mean, can um, I answer that? Yeah. I mean, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So my attitude about COVID is, is not, I, I live in Los Angeles, California. My attitude about COVID is not the same as, the majority of the community members that I've encountered that are females, that are, they're women. I mean, you're not allowed to, I guess it's bad to call women females now. I didn't really know that, but now I know. Um, so <laughs> the women. Oh, really? Right. I can't, know that. Yeah. I, I learned that the other day. I was like, you can't call women females. I was like, okay, so. What? Well, they are females. Whatever. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, it apparently it's like, it's a vernacular that's inappropriate towards whatever. Oh, stop Look. it. Well, it call us females. We're, there's know, nobody here but us. Yeah. So, okay. So I I'm feel female. that, um, yeah, I mean, have I had a really a chance to make new female friends? Not really because my attitude about, I mean, I'm 30. I've ha- I'm having a, a one-year-old kid. And most of the, the majority of people around me, I feel like, are very hyper-focused on danger, like the danger of mm-hmm. covid so yeah. it's, and I had my son in January of 2020, two months before this all wow. happened. So by the time I was mm-hmm. ready to like 
go out into the world. Like by the time my, I had a nine pound sign. So by the time my stitches healed and I was ready to go out of the world, it wasn't the world anymore as we know it. Mm-hmm. So well, it's been an isolating experience only because like there's really no way to make friends. Mm-hmm. And I was, I wasn't in need of mother friends until I had a kid. Yeah. And, yeah, so there's literally I, – I don't have any girlfriends that have kids that I'm hanging out with. I mean, I've made some girlfriends, but they live far away, so that's yeah, not really uh, working. So I, I have, I have, I have, I've gone through motherhood with absolutely no support whatsoever and only the support of my husband, and I'm just, like, doing it. He's a it, great you know? guy. And from, yeah. yeah, he's great. He's with our son right now. They're walking around playing with baby ducks. That we found outside of our hotel room, so they're they're good. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, without my husband's support, I would definitely be lost. But I, yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult to find people right now that want to hang out at all. You know that that are that are not like, oh, do you have the vaccine? Do you have you have the COVID test? You know, and I know that's not what this podcast is about, but it's a, it's a legitimate question because uh, we as should, yeah, we should definitely we'll get together. I mean, I have a grandson now, right? I have a grandson, and yeah, he be, he's adorable, he's, by the way. Yeah, he's yeah, thank you. Yeah, so is yours. He's so cute. I think that it was so nice. Um so I live near if I, if I walk out my door, walk my um my dog around the other block, I can hear children um finally playing back at the school. There's a Jewish temple and then there must be like a little school with it. And then yeah. Kevin and I were driving blue to the beach and we went down Ocean Park and we saw kids um that were laughing and having so much fun and so they're back in school. Like I think people really lost their shit, That's and fine. finally, you know, Newsom was the, the ruler himself said, "Oh, I'm allowing you now. Quickly, get back <laughs> to school. Oh my God!" And you know, uh, so I'm seeing this kind of life that is so refreshing. I mean, and so you will like there are people in the playground in Veterans Park in Culver City. I and yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been seeing that this whole time because like as the parents in my apartment complex have been working this whole time, they're forced to send their children outside to play because they can't conduct. You can't really work in a one-bedroom apartment from as a stay-at-home right. mom, right. especially right. as a single stay-at-home mom, like the people above me and the people next door to me. So I watch all their kids playing outside. They come knock on my door, and I'm like, kids, I, I, you know what? I'm not, I'm not here to make an apple pie for you guys. i got my own kid to worry about. <laughs> but I, I, I am happy to hear them all playing. You know, that's yeah. nice. Well, and so, yeah, I mean, but I don't know how much we can do that. But you didn't that, get that, that, that opportunity you know, I didn't really either. I lived in Hollywood in the 80s, and it was really nasty, and I didn't meet any mothers, and I would go to any park around in Hollywood, and there was only, like, really friends. scuzzy people. Yeah, I was trying to find mom friends, and so I would drive yeah. to um, a park down on La Cienega, and there were moms there, but they were all, like, this, you know, serious, not Hasidic Jewish, but they were very, definitely weren't not going to talk to me either. You know, they were, I mean, they were yeah, all with their I've own people. Yeah, i like wealthy people But when sure, I moved, then I moved to Culver like... City, right, at 10, 10 months old. So at 10 months old, I started going to a park there, and that's where I met my first mom friend, and we became best friends. And so I wish that for you. If there's a park nearby, if you start taking them there, you will meet, like, a, where there's a swing and there's... Yes, I like, do. You know, I mean, I kind take of... my time, but, but I do. I struggle because if I keep it real, I don't wear my mask at the park. And so people really avoid Are people me. weird? And actually, I have, met, I have met the religious Jewish ladies, and they really stick to themselves. And at some point, like, my yeah. kid was playing with their kids, and I was, like, going, oh, my God, like, cool. Like, we're about to be friends right now. 
Like, uh, my son was, like, totally playing with their kids. They were, they were sharing. It was all great. And they just kind of started speaking in another language, I think, and then just, like, we're like, oh, you know, the no-mask girl. So I was just like, all right, you know, I walked away. And so I, I do have that problem, which is not, you know, not, you it's know, not going to that. But, but I will figure it out, you know, because the reality is, and let's, let's end the podcast on this note, when people are strong enough to leave a cult, like AA, it means yeah. that no matter what, there's resilience in their spirit. So that means that they can get through anything, basically, right? No matter mm-hmm. what it is. Because if, if you can be, like, indoctrinated into a cult and then leave the cult, that means that you have a brilliant, untainted, free-thinking mind. So you can get through anything. You can get through social awkwardness. You can get through loneliness. You can get through right. motherhood. You can get through everything because you – you you already got it down, you know, and that's that's the message that I would like to tell people that leave AA is that if you can do that, then you can you can pretty much do anything, you know. Yes, yes, that is one of the positive. There's a couple of things that are positive. Okay, that came out of this thing, is that that when you realize that you have learned how to navigate the fucking crazies in AA, yeah, the bipolars who are not on medication and need it, people who need mental health who don't get it that I navigated that world from 18 until whenever, right? And that was really has become an asset. That I, I, went into, I brought meetings into prison. I sat with killers uh, over and over, week after week. That's amazing. Uh, listening to their stories uh, also gave me an, an edge or something that I don't know what the hell that's good for, but <laughs> I still, that was my experience. <laughs> Men's prison, no doubt. And then <laughs> um, the stuff of my children that luckily because I was in AA, that when I left and uh, if one of them had issues, I did not force him to AA and therefore I did not kill him. Um, I knew not to and I knew to seek other help. And he's alive because I was in it and knew it was dangerous and got out and never forced him to go and found non-12-step help for him. And um, and so there are some things that, uh, you know what I mean, There it is what it is. What it is. Yeah, and because of the wisdom that we get from this experience, we're able to raise our children to not go for it. So, and now you have a grandson, and as long as you're alive, I guarantee, even if the people around you might have substance abuse issues, you're going to be like with a megaphone going, "Dude, don't go to AA." Right? So, and you so know what's great like too? So people. his girlfriend hates it too, and their family they don't like AA. It was really great. <laughs> Yeah, they yeah. were really like hip to uh, it not being a good thing, which is such a blessing. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I'm gonna let you Thank go. God, I honestly. We... Yes. Oh my God. Um, well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for doing this quick. You know, last for impromptu. Sure. Thanks like, for having a... me. I always love to be on. All right. All right. Thank you so much, and say hi to your husband, and let's get together. For sure. Okay? Yes, girl. All right. Thank you for having me. All right, take care. All right, thanks so much, Jacqueline. All right, everybody, so we'll see you again soon, and uh, we'll have Jacqueline back on again. And if you've left and things are, you know, have been hard, you can send me messages or private message me of what you want. If you want to call in and be a guest on the show and talk about uh, anything or have me talk about something, uh, give me a private message either through here, through um, Facebook or Twitter, or you can reach me at makeaasafer at gmail.com. That's makeaasafer at gmail.com. Have a great night. Take care. See you again. Bye-bye.